tonight. <clears throat> and we're going to be looking in Esther chapter 9. And I'd like to begin reading with verse 20. I had in my notes that we're going to read down through verse 32. We could read that, but we're not. We're going to spend our time in verses 20, 21, and 22. If you remember with me that the Jews in the Persian Empire had come under great threat. Haman had an interest in destroying all the Jews, and he even had a letter sent out by Ahasuerus the king, and then we find that the Lord was there in His great providence and in His sovereignty and had that edict countered by another edict. And we find that the Jews were permitted to defend themselves and the threat was over. Well, last week we looked here and we noticed that as a result of that, that the Jews met and they had feasting. It tells us in verse 19, they made... Uh, uh, a day of gladness and feasting and a good day and sending portions one to another. So we find out the result of being delivered from the penalty of death is rejoicing. Being delivered from the pit is rejoicing. Being delivered from the hands of the fowler is rejoicing. Being delivered from the hands of of him who would take us down to the pit, we find that we rejoice in the one who is our ransom. So we're going to continue with that thought here because in verse 20, Mordecai wrote these things. Now it's very interesting as we find in the scriptures that this kind of writing takes place. And we find it carried out in the New Testament too. And we'll spend a little time on that in just a moment. But it says, Mordecai sent these things and sent letters unto all the Jews that were in all the provinces of the king, Ahasuerus, both nigh and far, to establish this among them, that they should keep the 14th day of the month Adar and the 15th day of the month of the same yearly, as the days wherein the Jews rested from their enemies, and the month which was turned unto them from, notice this, sorrow to joy, from mourning to a good day, that they should make them days of feasting and joy and sending portions one to another and gifts to the poor. It kind of reminds me here of what we read in the book of Acts, where it says they had all things common, they fellowshiped together, they ate together, they rejoiced together, well, let's look at this passage of Scripture for just a moment, or a few minutes here. And beginning with verse 20, we find that Mordecai wrote. Now, when we get to the New Testament, we find that the Lord mentions this a little bit. He mentions it to his disciples in particular. And in fact, we find that there in verse 20, that the letters that went out were to the Jews. The letters that Mordecai sent out were to the Jews. We're going to see that the sovereignty of God is so carried out here that Mordecai was impressed upon to send these letters to the Jews. Now, it meant something to the Jews. It didn't mean much to anybody else, but it meant something to the Jews. Just like the Word of God means a great deal to the church, but it generally doesn't mean much to, to, the, 
to the world. It doesn't mean much. Oh, we follow a little bit of it, but that's as far as it goes. Or it has a good idea of how we're supposed to live, but that's as far as it goes. To the church, it's much more than that. It's the message of Christ Jesus the Lord on our behalf. So let's look here for just a moment that Mordecai wrote these things. In the book of John chapter 20, the Lord Jesus used a similar word here when the, the uh, uh, disciples came back. They had, they had great rejoicing because the Lord had prospered them in their journey. The Lord had prospered them with what they were able to do. In fact, it got so much prosperity out of it that they came back and said, Lord, you ought to have been there. And here in the book of Acts, chapter 20, we read these words. Uh, chapter 20, verse 31. Now, the Lord sums up the whole thing. If we cannot rejoice in this, we cannot really rejoice in what they had to say earlier because it said that the disciples uh, uh, came back and uh, here it says, but this is written, oh, excuse me. Yes, but this is written. I, I got ahead of myself, but I want to read this. But this is written, this whole book of John, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Now, that's a wonderful thing about the entire Bible, particularly the book of John, but it overflows to all the rest of the Bible, too. These things are written that you might believe. Now, did you notice what it goes on to say? That Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. That's why it was written. It's not that we can get wiser, smarter, that we can lord it over people, but it is written so that we might know Jesus Christ, that we might believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Then, if you'll go with me to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Back up there, one book and chapter 10, and it shares with us in verse 20. Here's where the disciples were coming back, and they, they just were bragging on what they had done. The 70 had come back. Lord, verse 70, even the devils were subject unto us through thy name. And, you know, the Lord gave them the power to have that. Uh, it might be better if we were not overly bragging about the gifts that the Lord, had, that they're something from us. Anyway, it goes on through here, and it tells us in the 20th uh, verse of this chapter, notwithstanding in this rejoice not, that the spirits are subject to you. You know, whenever God uses a message from you or I to bless somebody, that is God's work. He's the one that has provided it. We're just nothing more than uh, planters and waters. We're nothing more than declares. We're nothing more than seed throwers. We're nothing more. And so but no, nobody should... Uh, boast or glory in anything but in the Lord. But he says here, this is where you to rejoice. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. That's what we should rejoice in. God has saved us by his grace, not because of anything that we've done, but they were already written there. And he's already laid out the whole plan and purpose in Christ Jesus of saving those people whose names are written in that book. So it's not us, it's him. It's not up to us, it's up to him. It's not our salvation, it's his salvation. And we find that salvation is of the Lord. So Mordecai wrote those and sent those letters out, but we find the Lord has been in the practice of doing that long before Mordecai 
Mordecai is just fulfilling what God intended for him to do. Now, there's a couple of places in the book of Revelation that uses this writing from a negative context. And if you turn with me to the book of Revelation, we're going to be in chapter 13 and verse 7, and also chapter 17. So Revelation chapter 13. Revelation chapter 13, verse 8. We find here that there's names that are not written. Now, to almost all the population of Persia, those letters were not written. They were written to the Jews. That was the intent of Mordecai. That was the intent of God, that those letters be written to the Jews. Now notice here in Revelation chapter 13 and verse 8, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, whose names are not written. How critical it is. There isn't anything for us unless the Lord has written our names down in the lamb's book of life. Now there's a whole host here. And if you back up, you'll find out that really, we're going to worship ourselves and we're going to worship our religion, but we'll not worship God. And this is that worship him whose names are not written in the book of life. They can't worship anything else. Now, I'm thankful that we don't know who they are because we would have voted against ourselves. God is gracious to do that, to save us. And then let us know, I've had my mind on you, my thoughts on you, my words in your behalf, my, my prayers on your behalf since before the foundation of the world. I have had you in mind, and I'm thankful for interruptive grace, that God would interrupt us in our path through this world. Sometime he came and interrupted our plans. He brought us to a place, if we're ever saved, he brings us to a place where it was against what we had planned on doing, but for God's glory, he saves us, and then we say, I'm glad you came along, because without it, I would not be where I am. So, and in that same book of the book of Revelation, again, chapter 17, Revelation chapter 17, and again in verse 8, we read these words about the not written. So we're, it's so important that it was written. How many letters went out to the Jews? I don't think that they were a large portion of the population in Persia, the Persian Empire. I don't think that they were a, a great host if we read back and find out how many were actually taken out of Jerusalem and out of Judah and was taken into captivity, we find that they were not a majority of people. Now, over time, no doubt that there were more children born to them, but still, they're not the majority of the people. And yet, that's the group that Mordecai was instructed by God the Spirit to write to, was to the Jews. Now, we're going to find out, we'll repeat that in just a moment, but we'll find out that a bunch of those heretical Persians became Jews. They gave up their religion for Christ. All right, here in the book of Revelation, chapter 17, verse 8, the beast that was thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition, and they that dwell on the earth shall wonder. Now notice who's going to wonder. These are the people that are going to follow anything. They'll follow this. And you know, what it is, we can have some uh, surmising about. 
But I find out that in my religion, I was following my own will. I was following the will of a fallen man. That was my worst enemy of all. And that's where we find Adam was. His worst enemy was himself. You know, we think, my goodness, why didn't he just say, Lord, I'm sorry. But no, in his fallen condition, he ran, he covered himself with fig leaves and hid himself. And God went on the hunt. Adam did not come looking for God. God went on the hunt for him and said, where art thou? Not for God's sake, but for Adam's sake. And called him out of the bushes of the garden and then talked to him straightforward with the truth and then covered him with the skins of animals. So God went on the hunt. God was on the, on the move. God was the one that brought all of this to Adam. So it goes on here and says, And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. I, I am around people that seem to be like that. A lot of people in the world are, what's going on in Israel? What's going, is, is this the man of sin going to be revealed? You know, people who have that mindset, if they go through life that way, their names were not written in the book of life. That's all there is. They have everything else that is an object of their worship or interest. You know, just, just so... It is, uh, it, it is so straightforward from the scriptural standpoint that these things are not important. I am thankful that when I asked these stupid questions to a man, he answered me, the answer was always the same. Christ is the issue. And that's the issue in the book of Revelation. That's the issue in the book of Esther. Christ is the issue. All right, so we find here that uh, uh, the uh, message goes out Mordecai sends it out, and he sends it to the Jews. He sends it to all of the places in, in Persia, in near and far. It tells us over there in the book of uh, Esther. And it reminds me again here of the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. This is the blessing of God's word. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9 and it shares the church singing a hymn. Now, it could very easily be the hymn that Moses sang, because we find that here in the book of Revelation. And the song of victory is right here. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book. Victory is ours, because he can take the book and open the seals thereof. He can open the seals thereof. This book, a mystery, but he opens the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God. Now, his slain, his death had a real purpose in mind, and that's redemption. It wasn't just uh, to the side someone was nailed to a cross. This is the Lord Jesus and his entire purpose from eternity to was come and do this very thing. Why? For the redemption of his people. I have found a ransom. That's what Job wrote about. So it says here, to redeem us to God by thy blood out of every, 
all of the 127 provinces of the world. <laughs> the 127 provinces of the Persian Empire, letters went out to the Jews. And here it says, the blood to, out to every kindred and tongue and people and nation and has made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. So out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. I'm always turning those around some way. But out of all of this, out of all the places of the world. So when we read in the book of Esther that Mordecai is sending a letter out, it's, he writes a letter. It's written how powerful that was that he would take time. My brother used, and his wife used to send us Christmas cards that had print, their names were embossed inside, and that's all there was. <laughs> you know, I says, whoa, that's, you know, uh, I love the instructions that Brother Henry gave. He said he loved to write letters and receive them because you could put them away and pull them out and save them again. And how wonderful it is that God gave us the written word. Mordecai gave the written letter. He just didn't tell those post out. Tell everybody. He gave them letters to take out. And that's what we have. We have the letter of God, the Bible, to take to every kindred, nation, people, and tongue. How wonderful is that? That we have the written word. So, and then if we go back to the book of Esther chapter 9 there for just a moment Esther chapter 9 we find that Mordecai sent this letter out to a specific people sent this letter out to a specific people and how important important that is now he knew his people you know they knew their they knew their people by their names uh, Mordecai, Mordecai, the tribe of Levi. I don't know. He wasn't the tribe of Levi. But anyway, they knew the tribes they belonged to. In the New Testament, we have a lady from the tribe of Asher. They knew who they were by their names. They knew who they were. Well, he knew who he was sending the letter to. Now, there's a whole bunch of people that were out there that didn't get a letter. It wasn't intended for them to get a letter. Now, we send the message out as to as often and as places that we just don't even imagine. You know, recently we've had over about 150 downloads from Switzerland. Switzerland? On Sermon Audio. And Zambia? Where is that place? You know, the message is going out. We know that it's going to get to the right place. The message of grace will get to the right place. Well, here in the book of Esther chapter 9, and there in verse 20, it says this. Esther chapter 9 and verse 20. says, And Mordecai wrote these things and sent letters unto how many Jews? All the Jews. That's the intended recipient was all the Jews. Now, it's very interesting if we back up to the previous chapter, chapter 8 of the book of Esther in verse 17, we have this take place. Esther chapter 8, verse 17, and in every province and in every city, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, 
the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a good day. Now notice this. And many of the people of the land became Jews, for the fear of the Jews fell upon them. Now, there may have been some of them in that record. Just, well, I think I'll become one of them because I don't want to be over on this side. You know, a lot of people want to fall by, fly by flags that they don't own. But here it says that many of these people became Jews. How interesting is that? And then it just reminds me of what we find in the New Testament with regard to who a Jew is. Turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 2. The book of Romans chapter 2, these letters, they were written. God has used that principle and that purpose so often in the Scripture. Names written down in the Lamb's book of life and names that are not written down in the Lamb's book of life. How important that is. And here in the book of, of Romans chapter 2, we find that the Holy Spirit led the Apostle Paul to preach on this subject, just as Mordecai was led by the Holy Spirit to decree, put this letter out and send it to the Jews in Romans chapter 2 and there in verse 28. Romans chapter 2 and verse 28. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. What are you talking about, Paul? Every descendant of Abraham is a Jew. Well, he's talking about real Jews. He's talking about spiritual Jews. He's talking about spiritual Israel. He's talking about the church. Those people, those real Jews, and those people that became Jews are a type and a shadow and a picture of the church in the Persian Empire. Here it says, He is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision. You know, all of the religion that goes on can't create a Jew even going to this point, can't create a Jew, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision that is of the heart. Now, what does that take us back to? That takes us back to the new birth. This is where we get this point. This is where we get in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So it's not all... Oh, Brother Levi, what a fine Jew you are. No, this praise comes from God, my son and my daughter that my son died for. That's the praise that we have. So they became Jews. Some of them did. Many of them did. Became Jews because they saw the reward given to the Jews. Blessings given to the Jews. So he is a Jew which is one inwardly. Now that's the new creation in Christ Jesus. That's being raised from the, from the spiritual dead to spiritual life. That's being translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. This is an inward work of the Holy Spirit in his people. From the outside, they still look like who they were and who they are. But on the inside, they have been made anew. They have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's our new man, <laughs> the indwelling of the Spirit. We have Christ in us, the hope of glory. So what a blessing this is, that there would be Jews, and then there would be Gentile Jews. And where do we fall into that? It's not being born as a re relationship to Abraham. 
it's being born to the one that Abraham had as a relationship, God Almighty, Christ Jesus the Lord. He loved Jesus the Messiah, and so his people do too. So that's what a Jew is, and that's who these letters went out. And then we find, if you'll just back up one chapter in the book of Romans to chapter 1, Romans chapter 1 and verse 7, you'll find out that the New Testament is a letter written to the Jews. Only to the church. Only to believers. Only. Now, thank God he uses this message on those who were written in the Lamb's book of life but have not been born again. That's what he uses. But notice this in verse 7, to all that be in Rome. This is who this letter is written to. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. That's who this letter was written to. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who this letter was written to. Now, who was the letter that Mordecai had written? To the Jews. It had nothing to do with most of the Persian Empire, but it had everything to do with the Jews. You know, in that, they were called on to rejoice in the deliverance that they had, and a whole bunch of other people thought it thundered. (laughs) It made no sense. We lost some friends in this fracas, but they stopped fighting. All right, so turn with me, if you would, to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and there in verse 2. All right, the Bible has been written to the Jews. Jesus said to the woman at the well, salvation is of the Jews. To the church, to those who are granted repentance and faith. Here in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, as Mordecai wrote a letter and had it sent out by post to all the provinces near and far, here it was sent to Jews. Now how people knew where they were and all that is a mystery known unto God just like it is today. It's a mystery known unto God who's going to get this letter who's going to respond to the letter, who's going to rejoice in the letter. It's a mystery known unto God. But when they do, and they let us know that they too, we rejoice with them. All right? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, under the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, call to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. This is who this is written to. It's written to the Jews. It's written to the church. It's written to believers. It's written to those who have passed from death into life. It's written to them. And the rest of them, they may read it and they may look at it, but you know what? The Bible tells us that the natural mind can't understand and believe the things of God because they are spiritually discerned. The Bible is spiritually discerned or spiritually understood. It is spiritual. It is not physical. Oh, people may plant their crops in accordance with what we find in the Word of God. Stay away from the briars and stay away from the rocky soil and plant it in good ground and you get a better harvest. All right, but that's not what that means. Spiritually, 
And so we just go from here to there. We find that this is such a, a common thing. The next book of the Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. We read this. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. The Jews, it was written to the Jews. God intended it for the Jews. Those who have already been brought to newness of life, and it will be used to bring those who are written in the Lamb's book of life to the knowledge of Christ. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth with all the saints which are in Achaia. That was the province of Achaia where Corinth was located. And so we have again, this letter was intended to go out to the Jews. It was to go out to the saints. It was to be an encouragement. Do you know the same message that encourages the saints is the message God uses to bring in the lost sheep. The same message. It's preaching Christ and Him crucified. It's the comfort that we have in what God has done for us. It is what God shared with Mordecai and the people that were Jews in the Persian Empire. Hallelujah! Let's have a party. It's good to be here. Look what God has done for us. Let us rejoice and rest. Let's rest in His rest. Let's rest in His Sabbath. Let's rest. And also, we're going to have a banquet. We're going to feast on Christ. We're going to drink His blood and eat His body spiritually. We're going to be so involved with Him that we have such a an, uh, uh, grafting in. We're grafted to Him. It's such a, a reality that we have. And then we have what joy, goodness, gladness that we have as a result of being taken out of the position that we were in and now placed in the position in the presence of Christ. And we go to, let's go one more. Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1, verse 1. We read that here. Galatians chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. The scriptures share this. Paul an apostle. And then he says, not of men. All right. I'm a Jew, but not of men. It wasn't Abraham that brought me this. Paul an apostle, Galatians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul an apostle, not of men, neither by men, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren which are with me under the churches of Galatia. The churches of Oh, we got a letter written to some churches of Galatia. Now, this was a province of the Roman Empire, probably a number of churches that were in that area, but this letter was for them. Now, we find out that Paul had some interesting things to say to them. Are you sure you're all Jews? Because a bunch of you are falling back to your old worldly religion. Make your calling and election sure because it looks bad from his standpoint to depart from the grace that was given unto us in Christ Jesus. So we find that this letter was written to the Jews. There were many Jews that were out of the Gentile nation of the Persians. And we find out that he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Doesn't, can't trace your line back to Abraham. Well, very good. You can trace your line back to Christ. All right. That's what we want. 
aligned back to the blood and redemptive work of Christ, then we're Jews. We are the children of God, the children of promise, the children that shall inherit all the rich blessings of Christ. That's what we have. And so Mordecai sent this out. He had it written, sent it out by post, and it tells us in verse 22, going back to the book of Esther, Esther chapter 9, verse 22. Notice that verse with me again as we look at this beautiful picture of what God does for His church. Here in the book of Esther, chapter 9, verse 22, it shares this. There's some things mentioned in there that just share with us the benefits of the gospel. What God takes away and what God gives us. What God removes from us and what He grants to us. Here it says, as the days wherein the Jews rested from their enemies, verse 22 of Esther chapter 9, rested from their enemies, and the mouth which was turned unto them, excuse me, and the month which was turned unto them from sorrow to joy, and from mourning into a good day, that they should make them days of feasting and joy and of sending portions one to another and gifts to the poor. Did you notice what it said there? They were turned unto them from sorrow to joy and from mourning into a good day. Well, this principle is found throughout the scriptures. This is what God takes away and none of that stuff is good. And he gives us what's good. He takes away sorrow I don't know anybody that enjoys sorrow. But he takes that away. All right, turn with me to the Psalms, if you would. Psalm 30. In Psalm 30, we have this dealt with. In Psalm 30, what, what God removes from us and what he grants to us. What he takes away from us in the new birth and what he gives to us. In Psalm 30, in verse 11. Psalm 30, in verse 11. It says here, Thou hast turn for me now this is the Lord's doing we can't get out of it ourselves how did they overcome Satan in the book of Revelation by the blood of the lamb that's how so it's not going this way or holding a stake up or be gone foul spirit it is the blood of the lamb is the only way we can deal with sin and deal with the enemies of the church. It's the blood of the Lamb. So it says here, Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. What a statement is made here with regard to what God does for us when he saves us. I'm taking away something. Now, that something that we've been hanging on to has no value. In fact, it is dragging us down. And then he gives us dancing and gladness. What a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And that merry heart is granted to us by the Lord. We rejoice in him. It's better than any medicine. It's the pick-me-up that we didn't have in religion. We've been picked up and set down at the throne of Jesus Christ the Lord. We are in a state of rejoicing. We're in a state. He takes away so much nonsense that we were born with and grants to us what we could never get on our own. 
dancing and gladness. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah. The same principle is carried on. This message that went out. Mordecai had that message sent out, sent out to the Jews and said, let's have a feast and let's remember what the Lord has done for us. And as a result of it, it took away so much of the terror that they were under and they were re able to rejoice in it. So here in the book of Isaiah chapter 5, Isaiah chapter 5, and there in verse 11, Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 11, Uh, is it eight? Uh oh. Uh, I wrote down the wrong one. As uh, it's been a, it's been three weeks. I went farther than normal. <laughs> Join me in the book of Isaiah sixty. Isaiah sixty. And I'll have to repair that later. Isaiah 60 and verse 20. Thy sun shall no more go down, neither shall thy moon withdraw itself. For the Lord shall be thine everlasting light, and the days of thy mourning shall be ended. What a transformation the sun shall no more go down well we find in the book of revelation that our sun is the sun s-o-n and he will not depart he will not go down there will be no need of the sun or the moon in the presence of the lord he is the light he is the temple he's the water he's the food he's the bread and he's everything so god grants to us so much when he gives us his salvation it is greater than we ever could imagine what he grants to us grants to us spiritually grants to us emotionally grants to us all the blessings we get to delight in and then in 61 isaiah 61 isaiah 61 uh, verse 3 isaiah 61 and verse 3 to appoint them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And there's much more in this chapter that goes along with that. But we just notice there the oil of joy for mourning, beauty for ashes, the oil of mourning, joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. What great blessings the Lord heaps on his people that we have Christ. He's taken away all of the negative and blessed us with all the positive. There's not one native thing about Christ Jesus the Lord. Now there was plenty about our religion. We just didn't realize all of it. There is one more. Jeremiah 31, 13. Let's go there. Jeremiah 31, 13. Jeremiah 
goes back up to verse 12 of Jeremiah 31. Therefore, they shall come and sing in the height of Zion and shall flow together to the goodness of the Lord for wheat and for wine and for oil and for the young of the flock and of the herd and their soul shall be water, a watered garden and they shall not sorrow any more at all. Then shall the virgin rejoice and dance, both young men and old together, for I will turn their mourning into joy and will comfort them and make them rejoice from their sorrow. What a statement the Lord has on the behalf of his people that I will take this. We'll become a well-watered garden. In another place he told Judah, I've taken you from the desert, a deserted place, un. Lodibar. I've taken you from Lodibar and I've brought you to a well-watered garden. What a statement the Lord has on the behalf of his people. And Mordecai understood some of that and he sent a letter out to the Jews and said, let's have a feast day once a year remembering the great blessings that we've just enjoyed. And at the same time, we're going to be at rest we're going to have gladness and we're going to have a feast. We're going to enjoy the rich blessings of God and as a result of that, I'm going to take away your mourning and give you gladness. Now, he's not talking to us about when we have a loved one die, we are going to mourn. When we have things happen to us, sometimes we mourn, but we're not mourning in that serious way against God. We're resting in Him. We're at peace with Him. We're having joy in Him. And so Mordecai, let's go back over there to the book of Esther just one short time. A little short here in the book of Esther chapter 9, one more time. And there in verse 20. In conclusion it said, Mordecai, chapter 9, verse 20 of the book of Esther, Mordecai wrote these things and sent letters unto all the Jews. I'm thankful as he wrote, so did the Lord. The Lord's writing is much more important. Our names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But his word is as valuable as that writing in the Lamb's Book of Life for us. Sent letters unto all the Jews that were in all the provinces of the king, Ahasuerus, both nigh and far, wherever they were, that letter got to them to establish this among them that they should keep the 14th day of the month Adar and the 15th day of the same yearly as the days wherein the Jews rested from their enemies and the month which was turned unto them from sorrow to joy and from mourning into a good day that they should make them days of feasting and joy and of sending portions one to another and gifts to the poor. What happened to those that were saved on the day of Pentecost? They didn't mind getting together and celebrating what they had in Christ Jesus. And you know, in reality, that's what we do when we meet. We're rejoicing in the rich blessings of Christ that we have in Him, that we share together, and we can enjoy them as He intended. And, Lord willing, we'll pick this up at the next appointed time and eventually get through the ninth chapter 
of the book of Esther. We'll stop there for tonight.